Lucliffe Record, case six. Every day is a good day. I don't ask about uh, I don't ask about before the fifteenth day. Try to say something about after the fifteenth day. Uh, Yunmen answered for everyone. Every day is a good day. Please sit comfortably. When you sit with uh, a great Khan, uh, a lesser uh, Khan, um, Mazumi Roshi writes that um, uh, the blue cliff of ancient China stands revealed as your true nature in this place, uh, in your place today. This is intimacy. The blue cliff of ancient China stands revealed as your true nature in this place, in your place today. Uh, Whether it be Sweden, Germany, Thailand, Eastern Australia, Western Australia. There is no place barrier There is no time barrier. This is remarkable. Uh, Koans such as Yunmen's Every Day is a Good Day, a thousand years ago uh, devised. Uh, And yet they speak uh, vividly uh, to us today and you can awaken on sitting with those uh, koans. There are hundreds of such. Yun Men is under your feet. Uh, It's actually uh, more intimate than that. He had some 60 successes, his school, uh, and that was probably uh, the last thing on his mind in his lifetime, lasted until the 13th century. His sayings were recorded against his wishes by his attendant, uh, Xiang Lin Cheng Wan, who dressed himself in a paper robe and wrote down his master's words. This is one of the reasons why Yun Men is the biggest single contributor to the hundred koans of the Blue Cliff record. Yun Men pioneered the use of the sayings of ancient teachers in his own teaching. And here he is in case 62 of the Blue Cliff record, taking up the words of Seng Chao, a Chinese Buddhist philosopher who lived from 384 to 417. Yun Men said to the assembly, within heaven and earth, in the midst of the cosmos, there is a treasure hidden in the body. What is that treasure? Holding a lantern, it goes towards the Buddha hall. It brings the great triple gate of the monastery and puts it on the lantern. How could it do that? Yun Men is known for his one word teachings. Um, in Chung Chung Wan's words, monosyllabic exclamations as forceful as a falling rock. Uh, 
among castes, what is the straight path to, to Yun Men? Yun Men is both the name of the teacher and of the monastery. So, what is the straight path to Yun Men? Yun Men replied, Intimacy. This is more than saying uh, you must become intimate with your command and uh, all of that. It's, all that is cut away here. It's not a kind of teaching, you know. Oh, you must do this and this and get intimate and all this. Intimacy. Like the song of the bird. Like the rising smoke of incense. Like the great blue sky itself. Monk asked Yun Men. Actually, all this is really busy here, but often when Yun Men said things, there was just silence in the assembly. No one responded. Um, but here are these quite busy little um, exchanges. The monk asked, Why is it that one cannot become a monk if one's parents do not allow it? Yun Men said, Shallow. The monk said, I don't understand. Yun Men said, Deep. A monk asked Yun Men, what is Buddha? Yun Men said, next question please. Did he answer the monk's question or not? Next question please. Uh, you know, there's so much poetry. Um, and none of the pretenses of, you know, this is a poem or anything like that. But, uh, a monk is well, asking for his uh, Yun Men's essential teaching. He asks, what is the roar of the earthen ox on top of the snow ridge? Yun Men said, heaven and earth darkened red. Uh, another f very famous koan involving him he said to his assembly everyone has a light if you try to see it you can't the darkness is dark dark so what is your light and he himself responded the storeroom the gate what is your light Yun Men then said, anticipating that monks would carry this away as something good, he said, it would be better to have nothing than to have something good. Yun Men's famous for his every day is a good day, Khan. I think we're all, all of us, whether you are in Sweden, Germany, Thailand, Eastern Australia, we are all in Daylight, so we're right at home with every day is a good day. Every night is a good night. It's got a different kind of feel uh, to it, <laughs> I, I feel. <laughs> uh, so we're right at home. Yun Men said to his assembly, I don't ask about before the 15th of the month. Uh, try to say something about after the 15th of the month. And he himself answered, every day is a good day. 
Every day is a good day? Surely not. However, there used to be a battered, rusting sign on an ancient service station in Guildford Road in Maylands which read, uh, Have a good day unless otherwise planned. This service station uh, sold fruit and eggs at prices that undercut Big W uh, up the road. And uh, sadly, uh, the service station, which was truly a service station because it had driveway service, they used to come out and clean your windshield and uh, help you with any technical problems involved uh, in putting oil in your car and things like that. Um, yeah, it was truly a service station. And they and the battered sign are sadly uh, long gone from Guildford Road. You know, it's actually hard to imagine not wanting to have a good day. Uh, 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 it's hard to imagine actually planning to have a bad day. How would it go? Well, today I'm planning on having a bad day. I'm starting a fight with my partner and then I'll go into my study and send some abusive emails. Um, seems like a good start to a bad day. Uh, that's not how we are. Uh, yeah. <laughs> at least I hope so. Um, we want a good day, or at least, a, or very least, an okay day uh, in terms of our lives. Okay is okay. Uh, okay is bred out of not setting our sights too high, not expecting too much, and pragmatically, that's a very good thing. Well, at least an okay thing. On the face of it, every day is a good day. Sounds so Pollyanna-ish. It's like painting pretty smiles all over the rust and ruin of life. No matter what happens in the day, it's a good day. This can sound like a prelude to a lecture with a theme such as suffering is good for you. Mm, that kind of thing. But none of that none of those kind of teachings begin to touch the depths of this profound Khan. The New Zealand poet Dennis Glover used to say to his friends, after 60 every day out of the grave is a holiday. <laughs> Compared to the utter unknowability of death and what may happen after we die, the vivid fact of being alive and having a good time, even if feeling a bit hungover, is surely worth it. How about a day with a profound hangover? Hmm? Uh, by the thump of his hangover, he knew that he lived. Yeah. Is that a good day? Um, if it is a good day, compared to what? You know, in an important sense, the good in Yun Men's every day is a good day is beyond good and bad. This is good with, uh, if you like, no opposite. It's a bit like the night sky has no opposite. Uh, this has no opposite. Hmm. Yeah, intimacy with this has no opposite. Yeah. 
the good day, the good day is the day without an opposite. We can get a sense of this as a, a tiny poem, I suppose, you know, by Antonio Porcia from his collection Voces. He's an Italian um, writer who was living in Argentina. And um, he wrote a little collection called Voces in 1943. And it has uh, this little poem. My great day came and went. I do not know how because it did not pass through dawn when it came, nor through dusk when it went. Antonio's great day came and went, yet in the same breath it does not pass through dawn, it does not pass through dusk. When it is dawn, nothing but dawn. When there is this, nothing but this. Dawn all through. When there is dusk, there is nothing but dusk. Dusk all through. Dawn is the matter entire. Dusk is the matter entire. This, this is the matter entire. You, yourself, just sitting there as breath, leg pain, room, sky, the room entire. is the matter entire. This day is our gathered life. Yunman asks us to give him a phrase that reflects the realised life, that is to say, after the 15th of the month. In the lunar calendar, the 15th of the month is the night of the full moon, yeah, which in Yunmen's koan and elsewhere in the Zen tradition represents uh, enlightenment, realisation. Although we can give sense to we are enlightened from the beginning, um, you know, when you awaken, you find that the moon has always been shining there. Um, so we give sense to um, being enlightened from the beginning. We can give sense to the dark moon, the fingernail moon, and the full moon uh, being essentially one and the same. Yet we must practice and realise, learn to express the inexpressible, embody it, and finally forget it, it being so integrated with our most ordinary activity. Closing your eyes at night, opening your eyes in the morning getting out of bed, feeling your feet on the cold floor. Walking to your cushions and doing so then. Just that, just that, just that. There's a beautiful old poem which bears on this. There's no author. It's in the Book of Serenity, um, Hongshu's great collection, Wonsong, uh, Hongshu and Wonsong's great collection of very, very deep and beautiful koans. And the little poem goes like this. The colour of a thousand miles, the mid-autumn moon, the clamour of a hundred thousand troops, the tide at midnight, 
This is called cold beggary, not having anything stored up. And each of these functions uh, as a pair, the colour of a thousand miles, the mid-autumn moon. Um, this blurring um, is very, very beautiful. You know, it's like the blurring. You know, there is you, uh, there is this. Um, uh, there's an old image of um, uh, egrets, uh, herons uh, in the light of the moon. You can just make out the heron um, in the, the moonlight. Um, uh, there is you, but you're completely permeated with, with this. Recognisable, but completely uh, intimate at the same time. So this is the colour of a thousand miles, the mid-autumn moon. The clamour of a hundred thousand troops, the tide at midnight. This is called cold beggary, not having anything stored up. This is like Ian Mann's thing, don't cling to that. This is really important. You have to, you, you must let go. This looks after itself. And as soon as you intellectually start to count it around as a good teaching or an encouragement in that, um, in a way you just arrest what will happen quite naturally. And in this way we continue to awaken. You know, there's a, there's a small insight and then you let go of that. You just come back to Moo, come back to your Khan, whatever it is. And then there's something else like that. Um, and that goes on regardless uh, of your intellect or your will or your wishing or any of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, it's good to not have anything stored up as good teachings and that kind of stuff. Last night at midnight, the risen moon was accompanied by Jupiter and Saturn, arms linked with Jupiter in the middle. This morning, the moon floated among pink clouds spread from horizon to horizon. Although the cycles of the moon have been mapped over the longest time, the moon seems so mysterious in her comings and goings. As I come out of my house at night, I search for the moon, and though she may be hard to locate in the sky, I catch a reflection in the river nearby. It is no accident that the appearance of the moon is a familiar image for awakening, which also has its own time and place. Realisation and the deepening of realisation make for a profound difference in how we experience the world. With realisation in measure, we find release from suffering. By suffering, I mean the pain and distress resulting from our deluded views about the nature of ourselves and our relation to the world. Uh, this is not um, uh, release from physical pain as such. This is really, really important. And suffering is an ambiguous word. I think Aiken Roshi redefines it as metaphysical anguish. Yeah. We are all soft-bodied creatures, and of course we feel hurt 
uh, both physical and emotional. And I am grateful for analgesics once more. With realisation, our suffering is carried differently if we can speak of it being carried at all. We may be less afraid of dying and rather more concerned about the deaths of those we love. With realisation, the world walks through our heart as our heart. And with this, we may experience at least a measure of freedom from our mean-spirited, self-centred thinking that closes us down and makes us unavailable to others. Okay. Um, is it a good day when you're beset by hassles and nothing goes right? Is it a good day when your car breaks down? Roberta Goldfarb, um, who was John Tarrant's wife for time, and she used to say she'd come in, she was a therapist working in San Francisco, and she'd return home to Santa Rosa, and she'd come in and she'd say, oh, God, I think I had one of those every day as a good day days. <laughs> it's beautiful. I still remember that when I'm having a, um, a day which I'd be reluctant to call a good day, but, you know, saying, oh, every day is a good day. Hmm. Yeah, is it a good day when a loved one dies? Is it a good day when you run over a child? Yeah, that child's family's life would be ruined. There's not a day when they would not recollect that day as a tragedy. I remember when I worked on this kind with Aiken Roshi, I said to him, my life would be over at that point. Would that be a good day? You know, we tend to take good day personally, but good day is in common to all of us. What is the good day of other beings? When we open our heart and widen our questioning, we get less focused on ourselves and more inclusive of others. And I want to tell this story which I, I absolutely love of Isam Dorsey, um, a great teacher, um, a gay man who served the gay community uh, in Hartford Street, San Francisco. Um, there was a gay community that, that was blighted with AIDS. And he was part of, yeah, the, the hospice was primarily uh, caring for gay men who were dying of AIDS. And uh, this is a, a kind of a humorous mythic story from this period of his life. So it goes like this. One bright afternoon, Isan was walking down Hartford Street towards 18th with Steve Allen and Geoffrey Berg. Steve and Jerry were talking about possible legal structures for the hospice while Isan uh, lagged behind. He noticed a bottle lying on the sidewalk and bent to pick it up. The bottle was rather beautiful, so he took out the rag he kept neatly folded in his monk's handbag and began to polish it. Suddenly, a genie appeared. It had to be a Buddhist genie, a Bodhidharma look-alike with a shaved head, droopy ears and a bright robe. 
the genie looked at Isan and Isan looked back. Steve and Jerry turned around to see what was holding Isan up and stopped dead in their tracks. The genie spoke, spoke the time-honoured script of genies. Because you have freed me after many lifetimes of being crammed up, uh, cramped up in that goddamn bottle, you, yeah, I guess all three of you get one wish. It's just one, so you better make it good. Steve didn't hesitate. He asked to be released from his karma and entered nirvana. He was about to raise his palms in gasho. Poof, he was gone. Jerry thought to himself, that was powerful magic. I'm going to go for it. I'm not getting any younger. So how about a great life in a heaven modelled after Palm Springs, but without the humidity? Endless pool parties, rafts of handsome men, an eternal nosh that never made you fat? As he smiled and waved goodbye, poof, he disappeared too. The genie turned to Isan, who was left standing alone. The genie said, OK, honey, it's your turn. What does your little heart desire? Isan didn't hesitate. Get those two numbnut girls back here. We've got a hospice to run. <laughs> That's beautiful. <laughs> Thank you, Isan. <laughs> there is always a greater story rolling than our own small self's complaint. The world isn't some kind of painted backdrop to our ambitions and desires. It's actually your true and intimate face. The glory is not elsewhere. Each day offers itself unconcerned that we're so little there for it. Every day is a good day. Uh, is the depths of our own true nature, which is utterly unconfined. Even in the worst of it, in your heart of hearts, there is something which does not come and go. What is it?